You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Well, hello there, ladies and gentlemen. Hey. We starting? God damn it. You ready, dude? I see you. I like the. Well, hello there. Let's get a clean run, huh? I thought it was good. I mean, I thought we should have just kept running with it. God damn it. Whenever it feels awkward, just keep going. Can and, we just uh, take it all the way from the beginning? Of the episode? Anyways, are we, we're going back to the top? Can we use anything from what we just did? <laughs> hey, chill out. <laughs> well, hello. Welcome back to New Heights. Yeah. Presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment. Yeah. Also brought to you by our friends at Fireball. Fireball. The pound for pound, undisputed best shot in America. That's right. I'm going to say worldwide. I don't think, mm. I don't think the, anybody in the world's got a better shot than Made Fireball. grade A cinnamon. Mmm, delight. We're your hosts. If you don't know us, this is Jason Kelsey, my big brother. I'm Travis Kelsey out of Cleveland Heights, Ohio, University of Cincinnati Bearcats. We're here at the world-famous WSE headquarters, and um, they decked this thing out in New Heights attire. We got a bunch of fun stuff here. Some really cool um, stuff. Yeah, you already know. I think we're going to talk about it. looked like they were out playing street football with this thing. Yeah, that one's definitely got some miles on it. Yep. You already know. Love to see it. Love to see it. These guys are playing some ball. Cactus New episodes come to you every single Wednesday or as often as uh, as we can get them to you on every single Wednesday. Um, subscribe on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And also follow the show on all social media platforms at New Heights Show with one S. So uh, you do know when we're coming out with new episodes if it's not every Wednesday. Uh, Jason, what do we got coming up? Got another great episode, Trav, <laughs> as always. Knew it! Today we're going to rehash a debate that has plagued this show for months. I'm going to give some advice to all dads out there, and we're going to kick off the NFL Draft Month with the first official New Heights mock draft. Mm. You ready? I am ready. <laughs> you ready to get your ass kicked? Yeah, man. Wait, what? But first, as always, new news. New news. New news, old news. We are still the number one sports podcast on Apple and Spotify, depending when you look. Yes. Thank you, as always, <laughs> to all the 92 percenters that are tuning in each week. Uh, we can't tell you how much we appreciate the support. Hey, 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 um, hey, hey. We're here together at the WSE headquarters, as Travis just said. The officially redid the set with all of this incredible yes. artwork from you guys. That's right. This set is decked out in 92% artwork and fan material. My personal favorite is the unrealistic physique of that picture right there of me. <laughs> as well as the um, Sean Payton-esque photo right there. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's ones. a lot of really good stuff. There's some good ones. Um, the stop sign, the iconic stop sign, which has nothing to do with our show. But I think any place where there's signs, you should have a stop sign. It's just safe. Got yeah. some Kelsey Crunch back here, baby. This is probably my least favorite photo right there. I wish it wasn't up. It's going straight in the shredder after this episode. It's a beautiful picture. Do we have anything else that we wanted to touch on? No. That's it. I mean, we... This this like got a nice little 2D, 3D action, as well as the New Heights sign. Oh, dude. That's a real book. What? That's a real book. Baby signing for dummies. 
Well, so they've been doing it for a long time. I would say I'll read it, but. Well, you know what it's actually about? Sign language for babies? God, you're smart. I thought you weren't going to get it. <laughs> we do have a live show ticket update to talk about. In last week's episode, we told you that we had a few pairs of tickets for the show in Kansas City. Just a few. And here's how we want to give those out. We want to find the 1% of the 92%. We want you to write us, tweet us, make a video. Basically, do whatever you want to do or not. Probably won't win the tickets if you don't do anything. But if you don't want to come to the show, that's probably... Yeah, just don't do anything. Um, But if you do want to come to the show, you're having a tough time finding tickets, we want you there. So... We're going to try and make this as fair of a process as possible and give it based on merit. So please give us uh, the uh, best content you can come up with, uh, and uh, we'll be sure to include a lot of this in the shows. Well, now you already know. Uh, but, of course, we will also be giving out a pair of tickets to the lovely 1% of the 92%, which is? Point, 0.92%. Just moving them decibels. That's right. Just got to move that dot. All right. Uh, We're going to announce the winners in the episodes closer to the show in Kansas City. Last piece of new news. Travis, you got a big draft uh, concert weekend announcement thingy coming up? Yeah. No, we uh, we got obviously the live show New Heights. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm also throwing the biggest music festival that Kansas City has ever seen. The Kelsey Jam. You're doing two live shows in one week? Uh-huh. And you think you're going to sell a bunch of tickets? And it is going to be epic. Okay. I got some great musical artists. Who's going? Machine Gun Kelly, Rick Ross, The Boss. Oh, my gosh. Loud Luxury, one of my favorite, favorite DJs out here. Their sets are unreal. And then we got Kansas City's own Tech 9 coming through. Where's it, uh, it going to no be Kansas at? There's no Kansas City party without Tech 9. What'd you say? Where's it going to be at? It's going to be in Kansas City, draft day weekend, April 28th. Tickets go on sale this Friday, Ooh! so you don't want to miss out on this one. It's going to be fun. We're going to have a whole bunch of great food, uh, a lot of barbecue, a lot of Kansas City barbecue. Is it, um, is it outside or inside? It's going to be outside and outside? inside. And inside? In and outside. In and out. Is it uh, I think you're going to be outside and then go inside. Is it going to be a mosh pit? Uh, Machine Gun Kelly is known to get the crowd rowdy. If I, if I come, can I start a mosh pit? Yes, and I will be in there with you. I love moshing it up. You already know the grog shop back home. Make sure you guys check it out. Kelsey Jam coming to you guys. Draft Day weekend. We're going to have some fun uh, getting excited for the 2023 season. I've always wanted to throw a party for Kansas City uh, the way that I know how to party. And uh, we're bringing a whole bunch of my favorite things into play. And uh, it's going to be a a festival. It's going to be a music festival for everyone. So make sure you bring the kids, bring bring your grandparents, bring everybody, man. Bring your cousins, your mama, Joe Mama, your daddy, everybody. Bring them all. Most importantly... You got you, you to fight. Oh, you're right. To Kelsey Jam. Kelsey Jam. Jam. It's jam time. Oh, yeah. How long are we going to let that go? <laughs> All right. Tickets go on sale this Friday, 10 a.m. Go to KelseyJam.com right now and pre-order your tickets. Pre-sale starts right now as we speak. And, uh, yeah, we're about to have some fun. Draft weekend in Kansas City, baby. Can't wait to see you guys there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get back to the show in just a second. But right now, we need to shout out our partner. Fireball. Fireball. Man, I love it. Fireball takes any event to the next level, especially celebrating a big game. That's right. Fireball's iconic cinnamon flavor tastes fire and goes down so easy. Iconic. So iconic. That's why it's the number one shot in the country. Numero uno. Mm. 
What I really like about fireball <laughs> shooters is that there's no shot glass needed. You just crack it open, knock it back. Jason, something tells me you're a fireball guy. Huge. It's the number one shot in the country for a reason, Trev. Just crack it, knock it back, put it down the gullet. Geek, geek, geek. You can get fireball wherever you purchase your fine spirits. Mm. If there's one thing I get asked all the time, it's how do I maintain my health during the how rigorous NFL season? It? It's difficult, but the answer's simple. I take AG1 by Athletic Greens every single day. AG1? AG1. I heard about that stuff. Our, mm-hmm. You guys probably didn't expect Jason to be a big greens guy, did you? Travis, this is way more than basic greens. What? It's like nine products in one. Just one serving of AG1 covers all of my nutritional basis and my long-term gut health. With 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food source high-quality ingredients. Well, if you guys are listening to the show and have been saying, man, I want to be as healthy as Jason's fat ass, you're in luck. Because Athletic Greens is giving you guys an incredible deal with five free travel packs and one year supply of vitamin D. And we all could use more vitamin D. That's right. Especially me. Like Travis said, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. This is their best offer yet, and you can get it only at athleticgreens.com slash new heights. That's athleticgreens.com slash new heights. AG1, baby. Don't leave home without it. Mm. Five feet travel packs. Vitamin D. Let's move on to some fan art of the week, huh? Hey, uh, what do we got? How about it? We got a shout out to Paige Um, um Holtz. Yep. Um Holtz. I think that sounds right. She actually made, uh, made us mugs. That's right. Look at these. Check this out. Chiefs and Eagles. Gotta love it, man. Huh? I know. Hey, cheers. It. It. This thing is actually heavy it's duty. Heavy duty. Paige, we love this. Thank you so much. I mean, I'm big into this. This is the kind of pottery i like a little bit of rustic uh nice glazing there's a little bit of a jagged edge on the handle if i'm being honest kind of you're a pot- you, it does you're a pottery? you do hit it occasionally you're pottery? it's not rounded off the way you would like but it's very good nonetheless this and is the best mug i've ever been gifted this is the best and mug you you've found ever been a gifted. way to destroy it no i mean it's, now i feel exactly what you're saying and it's uncomfortable it's a very nice mug i appreciate a lot it'll probably be my most used mug <laughs> she actually wrote us a letter. Oh, yeah. How about that, Paige? Thank you so hey. much. This letter we're is, gonna read al- it is outstanding. Right now, Trav, do you want to take the first paragraph? We're doing <laughs> back to elementary Jason school. Jason and Travis, hi. I hope that you love your mugs just as much as I love making them for you. I am a master's student. Oh. In pottery? In pottery. In getting my degree in mental health. Ooh, okay. Sorry. Conce- and pottery. Concealing. I- Mental health concealing. Oh, we're, we're having a punctuation here. Oh no, no! And pottery is one creative outlet that I use Sorry. after a long day at school. Nice. So this is this is how you this is your stress reliever right here. I love it, Paige. Thank you for that. I've been a fan of the podcast pretty much from the beginning, and a fan of football since I was a child. Anyway, <laughs> these hugs were thrown on the pottery. These mugs. God, does that not look like hugs? When you said hugs, I read. Anyway, it hugs. these hugs. It's like it's like in between cursive and this is tough. Like, it's like in between both of them. Yeah, I mean, well, you know, time. I'm just gonna go back to same one. Okay, we're going. Okay, anyway, these mugs were thrown on the pottery wheel, and then I attached the plaque and the handle that I pulled by hand. Just a little mug maintenance for you. Please hand wash the mugs and do not put them in the microwave. Okay, that's actually very good advice. My wife puts mugs in the microwave all the time, so thank you for 
saying that. Uh, do you want to end this thing? Thanks again to both of you. You're so the whole team. Thanks. Much love. Paige, this is amazing. It like, is. The fact that you actually wrote all of this on both papers well, and made it out to Paige, us we both. are definitely interested in doing pottery. We've yeah. talked about it before. No, we have talked about it. I never thought to take it to the point of like actually like coloring it and all that. Well, th this is called glazing. Glaze? Look at you. you are, are you a glazer? I am not yet, but... If Paige would assist me, I would love to glaze. I cannot. I can't imagine you. It's like you and arts and crafts. I just can't imagine. I was a big arts and crafts kid growing up. <laughs> what did you used to make? Whenever we went to uh, the, the summer camps and stuff, I would either make stuff with the beads or... Uh, Ooh, the remember? sand. The sand. Remember you used to I go never, I wasn't a sand festivals? kid. I wasn't a sand what? kid. What? Yeah, the sand was too messy for me. <laughs> I liked... Uh, I don't even know what this was. But you were essentially braiding different colors of nylon fabric. You would be, you'd cross them like this, and then you'd crisscross them over and over again. And at the end, you'd have a long braid that you'd make into like a necklace or bracelet or something like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. I think everybody watching right now knows exactly what I'm talking about because it was very therapeutic for a nice stress reliever. Just like you, Paige. Hey, Jumholtz, thank you very much. We're going to enjoy these mugs. Yeah. We also got this from You Wrong Organization 437. Great username. I'm officially a tire cover. Thank you for including your thumb, most importantly, in this picture. Listen, how guys. Gonna, how am I going to mirror this up so I can get my... Well, I think what happened is this guy, You Wrong Decision 437, he probably took a picture a little bit zoomed out, and then he posted it being zoomed. He's probably trying to be that guy. Sounds like thumb. you've dealt with this before. Have you never taken a picture of a thumbs up or something? Uh, No. Maybe that's just a dad move. All right. Either way, looks pretty cool. I've seen you in a Jeep Wrangler before. Yeah, I used to love... I mean, there were three cars that Doors I wanted. Doors off. Actually, there were, there were two cars that I wanted my whole life. What were they? Uh, a pickup truck. <laughs> I don't care what make or model. A pickup truck. It's got to be from the from the homeland, man. You can't go overseas for a pickup Toyota truck. makes a fucking great pickup truck. <laughs> I don't have a Toyota. For those of you that have them, I'm jealous. They're very good trucks. So uh, what was the other truck? What was the other car? You said uh, I wanted a Jeep Wrangler. Those are the only two cars I ever wanted. Nice. And I ended up getting both of them eventually. And now I realize I don't fit Jeep Wranglers, unfortunately. So I got rid of it. That's where that story ends. Now I want a Cybertruck. Are those even real? Not yet. I got the I got the electric Hummer. That thing. You do have the electric sweet. Hummer, which is a badass. That is vehicle. the coolest car. Might, how many people? How many of those have they made? That's a great question. I don't know. I don't think they've made many. I heard it was like a thousand or something like that. That sounds about right. I think the amount of batteries necessary to make that thing actually move. Yeah, you got to take out a yeah. big piece of the earth. Yeah. Yeah. All righty. That car is sweet. It's yeah. that thing is fast crab walks moving on to the fan mentions of the week there's really one thing we got to talk about travis kelsey trying to guess uh, all of the nfl head coaches it ended up making uh, waves around the internet it swept the nation it was trending on twitter instagram uh any social media it can trend on it was trending yeah i felt pretty um, bad i felt pretty bad i mean watch in time i was it was a very small picture on a on a computer it's kind of blurry i really couldn't see clear no, yeah. pictures of the faces 
I listen. I did it right after you did it, and I didn't do well either. It was, yeah, I felt terrible. I just wasn't funny I've, reading I've, it, so they I've cut shook it out. a lot of those guys that I said I didn't know. I've shaken their hands. I don't after care games what anybody says. And Josh McDaniels did not look like Josh McDaniels in that picture, I did, bro. And I feel terrible. I see the man twice a year. Mm-hmm. I've shook his hand my entire career. Right. I mean, it was a bad photo. Damn it. It's hard to ch- tell NFL coaches without caps and uh, coach gear on. <laughs> So it's just hard, You're especially right. in a blurry, grainy vo- uh, photo. I mean, you can see me like looking into the sun. The, yeah, looking into the sun. And not all of them had the skin tight clothing that Mike McCarthy had on. We can't keep talking shit about Mike McCarthy. <laughs> We're gonna hate my guts. Um, am I gonna get crushed for fat shaming Mike McCarthy? When is that happening? You can't get. Sh- you're fat. That's a good point. McCarthy, shoot it back at him, man. <laughs> It's fair game. All right, let's get back to the the head coaches from um, the head coach picture. Also made the front page for the ESPN uh, dot com <sighs> website. The ESPN uh, homepage. I think that's a better version of that during Major League Baseball opening day. So even on opening day, the most iconic moment of the uh, Major League <laughs> Baseball season. No opening day, Aaron Judge hitting a home run yeah. first at bat. That wasn't first. That wasn't on the uh, homepage. What? The homepage was you not being able to name eight head coaches in the NFL. Idiot. Why do you always do this, Travis? It was eight out of 29, though. It wasn't eight out of 32. I saw some people didn't realize. Yeah, some there guys were three weren't there. Do you think, would have, would you have missed any of the three that weren't there? Ooh, do you know the three that weren't there? I know two of them right off the bat. Let me just think just for a quick second. It was Vrabel, I, I, I just know Sirianni. Vrabel wasn't in there. Sirianni. Sirianni. That would That. He's. It, you you don't know Nick might, Sirianni, but if I you would have if you would have if you would have went zero for three, I know Josh Philadelphia McDaniels. Eagles coach. I know Stefanski. I know these guys, dude. If you would have went, 0 it was for the 3, picture. If you could have blended in, do you even watch me play? What do you watch Eagles games? I all watch the Chiefs games all the time. All the time. <laughs> who was the third I'm coach? Just saying. Who's who's who, who's the third coach that wasn't there? Frank Reich. Frank Reich. I should have known that. Ooh. Do you know what Frank Wright looks like? Go. Who does Frank? This is a fun game. So, Who does Frank Wright look there's like? There's one guy right away. Well, he talks like him. I don't know if he looks like him. Um, Frank Wright. Gosh. Liam Neeson. Nah, still looks just like him. and talk. He talks just like him. Yeah. Do you have anybody reach out to you about that? About you not being able to yeah. name? Uh, I had a, I had a I few, had a few people. people. Yeah. yeah. Who, who reached out to you? McAfee reached out. Thought it was hilarious. What did he say? Haha. Ha. Yeah, basically. Right, yeah. Cool. Just like, yeah. That's, good. That's always a good comment. That's good shit. Thanks, Pat. And then um, who else reached out? Uh, a lot of coaches actually reached out. Like, uh, maybe not the head coaches in the photos. They were but... like, Travis, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> if there's any, making sure if there's ever any uh, future. Uh... Oh, my gosh. Um, so let's tee up these 12 hey, topics. topics coming in hot. Recap last week in the NFL, the No Fun League, as we were talking about. Hey. Um, Jason, not a lot going on in the NFL right now. Draft coming up. Yeah. Not too many teams are making moves. We're kind of going to wait to see who they get in the draft to make some more free agent moves and mm-hmm. how they're going to fill out that team. Uh, what did you find throughout the NFL last week? What did I find out through, through the NFL? Yeah. Uh, not much. Um, yeah, slow week. It's a great week to release a video of uh, uh, viral videos in general uh, or just talk on Twitter. So we're going to do a lot of social media stuff. So right here. Um, Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. 
Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. We're going to talk about uh, the fact that NFL players think that they can play in the NBA. That's right. Stefan Diggs released a video of him playing basketball, yeah. to which thousands of people Cash. were very impressed with. He was hitting shots. And yes. he was, he was, bro, he looked good. Do you really think he looked good? Yes. I thought he looked good for like a normal person. But to what like, do you mean? People saying that he could play in the NFL or yes. NBA. Sorry. He can't play in the He could definitely play in the NBA, NFL. One of the best in the league. Yeah, he can definitely do that. I did not for a second think that I saw that and was like, he can play in the NBA. I mean, I didn't watch it and say he could play in the NBA, but I watched and said, all right, he's got some game. I watched and said, you know, he'll dominate most. Lifetime. Yeah, like he'll he'll dominate most of the games he's in, but he's not anywhere close to being in the N- NBA. Nowhere close. He's stiff. I'm not, I'm not going to argue that. Like, and I think other people don't realize, I mean, how tall is he? He's stiff. For a basketball player? I thought he was robotic in his movements. I, I was not impressed at all. <laughs> He talked about looking at combines, looking at prospects. I want to see that fluidity. I don't. I didn't see any of that. He had good handles, and he was making the shots. They were legit step back jumpers. I It'd mean, be one listen, thing if it. I can't do any better. I'm not saying. All I'm saying is people are saying that he can play in the NBA, and it's just ridiculous. There was nothing about that that said he was an NBA player, and he's how tall is Stephen Diggs? Six one. Yeah, maybe. He's getting his shots swatted. If anybody is playing even remotely defense on him, none of that stuff is going down, like, at all. I'm, I'm just not buying what you're selling, dude. I think I think there's you a think chance he, he can get some buckets, yeah. Against an NBA player. Are we talking, like, in a game, like an NBA game? <laughs> what are we talking? I'm just saying, like, one-on-one versus an NBA player, I can see him maybe getting some buckets. But, like, against an actual, like, defense, I don't think there's a chance in how he's scoring a point. No, not the NBA doesn't even have Zero. defense. Unless he walks up to half court before anybody gets on him and just sh- sh- throws up a prayer. Um, a prayer? Yeah. That's it. That's the only way he's scoring. Stefan, man, I'm sorry for his ignorance, dog. This is ridiculous. Slay and A.J. Brown think they can also come off the bench and get 12. Yeah. Slay? Can Slay who? Uh, he says he can. I'm assuming he's good. I, all of these guys are good. Basketball players. They're just not NBA caliber basketball players. That's all I'm saying. A.J. Brown actually doubled down and said he could hit 250 average yeah, I mean, that's in the MLB. That's and honest, that is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> there is no way. I actually... He was I've drafted. Got, I've got in a cage. You know he was drafted by the... Uh, yeah, no, I know he's a big baseball guy. Yeah. Still. Yeah, it's... I got in the cage, especially now... Like, once you take time away from baseball, that ball is coming in lightning quick. And there aren't too many things that I, like, don't think A.J. Brown can do. That's <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> All right, now. Batting 250 is, uh, I mean, you're hitting one quarter of, of your at-bats. Uh, I mean, that's like you're 
why are you playing in the NFL? <laughs> like, you can make way more money. Way more. Not money. Uh, like getting hit or anything. Every yeah. Year? There's no way. Yeah. There's no way. Right? I um I got in the cage versus John Lester, Cy Young winner. Okay. He was with the uh, he's with the Cubs, and uh, he was right. It was right as COVID was starting to hit, mm-hmm. so he was supposed to pitch in spring training. COVID hit. They canceled the game, and he's actually in the cage, just like simulating game. But there were a few prospects that were going into the cage and actually having at bats, and I'm sitting there. I'm just what? watching it. And one of the coaches came over, my guy, uh, Rick Sutcliffe, Big Rick. He uh, he asked Lester if it was cool if I got in the cage against him. They got in the box. What did it feel like? It felt electric. It was like I, it was like I was, was in the MLB. It? He was still bringing him like low nineties. I mean, it wasn't when he was. You know, what I mean, he wasn't pumping it. You know, ninety five. Played pretty high. You did like a wooden that. bat league in college. Like you played against guys that have thrown ninety for sure. Yeah, this what, uh, was different. Yeah, because I, this is my first time in a cage in about 10 years. Okay, that's a big difference. And uh, and I was going up against lefty. Well, lefty versus righty is supposed to be in the... No, I was always ball. way better versus righty. I don't know why. That's not what uh, Moneyball says. I'm a different dude. Right. Either way, <laughs> I got a foul tip, and it felt like I hit a home run. I mean, even making contact. That's what I'm saying, and it was a cutter. It was a cutter. I was on it. I mean, you'd give me a tennis If it was a rack, fastball, John. I'm hitting that thing. John, if zero. it was a fastball, I might have missed it. <laughs> High and inside, but I saw it come off. I saw it come off the hand. I was like, "That thing's moving. That thing's moving." <sighs> and then he struck me out. <laughs> he well, threw another cutter. And yeah, I mean, I missed. I just do not think that NFL players can play in the NBA. I damn sure don't think NFL bat players can bat for two fifty in the Major League Baseball. Uh, but I do. Tr- I, I have all the confidence in the world in my teammates. So AJ Brown, maybe my brother, no chance. <laughs> <laughs> Here's how we're going to settle this, because we can't agree. We're going to have an expert in NBA uh, ability. Okay. I think uh, we know one. I think there's one who actually might work in this exact studio that we're in right now. That's right. All right now. Mr. Paul George has started a podcast with this exact same uh, production uh, building, WSE, Wave Sports Entertainment. Uh, I think it's only fair to settle this debate by asking you, Mr. George. Can you please tell us if you think any NFL player can play in the NBA and also uh, maybe whether NBA players can play in the NFL, if you think that could happen. Whichever one you think is a potential, I'd be curious to see what you say. I cannot wait to hear this answer by Paul. And I'm assuming he's going he's gonna, to he's, he's do this on his uh, his podcast. Podcast, podcast P. P. Uh, what do you think? Uh, sure you what do you think he's going to say? on YouTube. What? What do you think he's going to say? I think that he is going to say it's possible. For both, I think I, th- I think he's he's one of those guys that believes it. I think he's wrong. I think well, he hasn't even offered he, an opinion yet. I think you're wrong in your opinion of what podcast P's going to say. You just want to fucking just tell me I'm wrong. That's the I only don't want to tell you you're yeah, wrong. That's, that's the only not thing. It. I just disagree with you on NBA. I, I'm not just trying to disagree to disagree. I just we had another huge piece in the NFL offseason come to light. What's that? Kylie Kelsey gave us an exclusive footage of what it's like having a baby with Snorlax. (laughs) This guy is useless. He is sleeping nonstop in the hospital room. Yep. Giving terrible reviews on bagels. I didn't give a bad review on bagels. I thought you you only ate... One of the bagels, or one, or one side of the bagel, because it was... No, I, I ate, well, I ate one side of the bagel because I ordered three bagels because I couldn't decide which bagel I wanted, so I just ordered three different bagel sandwiches, and then I... So everybody thought I was, like, examining the bagel for the perfect bite, but I was really just trying to figure out which bagel that one was that I ordered. 
whether it was the sausage, egg, and cheese, the pastrami. I don't even remember what the third one was. I think it was, uh, uh, what's the Mexican sausage? Chorizo. Who said that? Good job, Greg. Chorizo, yeah, the chorizo bagel. And I couldn't eat all three of them at the time, so I only ate one half of them. And uh, <laughs> this is going nowhere. Well, the sausage, egg, and cheese was clearly better. Can't go wrong with it. And um, yeah, I mean, listen, having a child as the dad, there's not much you can do. <laughs> Did you do anything? Did you? I went to the hospital. <laughs> this guy's And I offered my you words have, of encouragement. You, it, I what, held her hand what's for, your, for the few amount of pushes she needed because she's a freaking unbelievable champ. champ. She's a champ. A baby-making machine. And she... Uh, you okay? Yeah. You. Doctors... Do you have any You know tips? what's impressive? When your wife gives birth to a child and the doctor's like, man, that was impressive. <laughs> Dead serious. What the, can't she do? Any tips for soon-to-be dads? The one piece of advice I got the dads all, everywhere when you're going in uh, for your first baby being born, it's very, I don't know if you know this, it's very common for the dad to pass out. Shut <laughs> the fuck up. I swear to God. Did I've you? I've known multiple, no, because I'm about to give the, the tip. Here's where all the dads mess up, and you made fun of me about the bagels. You're there for a long time, a lot of times, right? And what happens is these dads who are not, experienced in blood sugar levels they go in there and they don't eat anything for hours on end and just lie on a couch and then freaking it gets up and your adrenaline's going and you see a baby pop out of something you've never seen before oh <laughs> that's because your blood sugar's low so the moment they they tell me you get to know when it's going down you'll know pop a granola bar in bagel sandwich whatever you got to do keep those blood sugars up and you'll coast through that thing with Stay no problems feet. yeah nice. that's my one piece of advice noted all righty it's time it is time for the New Heights mock draft. Mm. Our first mock draft. And with the NFL draft coming up, you know what it's going to be about. That's right. Easter candy. <laughs> hey, man. With Easter Sunday coming up. All right. Let's uh, do it. We had, a, uh, we had somebody pitch this to us on YouTube. User Dandy Swanson Prods uh, said, I love the podcast. I love watching this every week. Uh also, this is a request for the podcast. Can you give us a mock draft of Easter candy since Easter is coming up? I thought all Easter candy was just chocolate. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't know Easter candies that well. I just know candy. I know a couple. But here's, we're going to do four rounds of the mock the draft. candy man. And she asked us if we could do a mock draft on Easter candy. Well, absolutely we can. <laughs> can we? That's right. Here's how we're going to do this. We're each going to get four picks of Easter candies, and we're going to try and assemble our best teams. Who's going to get first pick? Rock, paper, scissors. All right. We're doing evens and odds. All right. Are you evens or, I, or odds? You get to pick. Pick. Do even evens. or odds. What we're going to do on the count of okay, – I'm going to spell this out. <laughs> on the count of three, we're going to go one, even, two, three. Evens. evens. <laughs> Damn it. Odds. All right. Oh. I get first pick. First pick of the mock draft, Easter candy. I mean, I'm going Cadbury eggs. I mean – Easiest pick in the book. Yeah, you, can, you can have it. Who's who's Cadbury picks? Like, what is that equivalent to in a NFL draft? What do who'd you, mean? you who'd you just take? I because I've never heard of. Fucking I just Cadbury. took the Tom Brady of Easter candy. You just what? Is it the one with the caramel in them? Yeah, some of them have caramel. Some of them. So you just took the entire one. If you think that's the Tom Brady, then you must have never had Easter Skittles. They make Easter Skittles. Yes. Do they taste any different than regular Skittles? Yes. What do they taste like? 
I think they're just colored different. I yeah. don't. I bet there's zero taste difference. Yeah, I know what you're saying because I've seen the different colored ones. They they do a lot of pastel coloring. Yeah, it's pastel. Yeah, I think this is a weak pick. <laughs> yep. Well, until you play him, all right. and he fucking dogs you. So, yeah. All right. Well, my second round pick. I'm picking Reese's egg. <laughs> so you're just picking all the chocolate eggs so, with different fillings. I mean, if we're going. With Easter candy, I'm taking the I'm giant bunny, the one where you go into CVS and it's fucking staring you down. You're getting the big bunny. You're getting the big bunny. What are you gonna do with all that chocolate? He's gonna play offensive line, I guess. Yeah, protect. Yeah, he's gonna guard the shit out of those skittles. All right, third third round pick. I'm going. Um, I guess I'm gonna go Cadbury bunny. So the same. You went with the giant bunny. I'm just going with the regular. I'm going. Uh, I'm going because jelly I beans. I didn't have a bunny. Yet. Not a big fan. I had eggs, but I didn't have the bunny yet. Not a big fan of. Jelly beans, but I'm going jelly beans. Jelly beans? Yeah, because that's the only really, like, the one I'm, like, in my head, like, yeah, that's Easter for sure. Who you got? Huh? Who Fourth round pick? Who's my last yeah, pick? My last, last pick is Robin's. Robin eggs. All right. I figure why not go back to the the old egg factory? <laughs> These guys. And listen, you don't have an don't egg. Even, you don't have an egg in your arsenal. What else? Oh, what are you, you going to oh, do? Oh, 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 marshmallow. There's a, there are some sort of marshmallow. You're talking about peeps? Is that what it is? Peeps or Peeps marshmallow? It is a marshmallow. That's the one. That's the fucking what? Now that's like the Pat Mahomes. Yeah. I, I think Peeps are fucking absolutely disgusting. What? You can go for it. The Peeps are the, one of the most- Classics. Over, Peeps are one of the most overrated candy in the history of candies. It's like Peeps and it's-, it's Fucking pure sugar. You know what? There's nothing if, wrong with if it. If Peeps what, had made taste, eggs, if Peeps made eggs, they'd make candy corn and they'd both be the most overrated holiday you fucking- You don't like candy corn? Candy, candy corn's disgusting, Travis. What? Nobody likes candy it's corn. It's pure sugar. The uh, the only people that have candy corn are psychopaths and grandmothers. There's no other reason why you should have gra candy corn. Did you just call my grandmother a psychopath? I don't think our grandmother had candy corn. She had she made Ooh, she had the little uh, no she had the she had candy she had candy jars she had she the little had strawberries. The, yep, or the uh, the the also grandmother favorites the uh, butterscotch the little butterscotch oh, candies. Yeah, those are good. Um, yeah, peeps, classic mistake. Those things are getting ran right through. Not with not, not with that oversized bunny I got. Hey, you don't. You made the classic peeps mistake. Like he you don't like have an egg Pikachu. on your team. How are you going to compete? <laughs> you have no eggs. Damn. What are you putting in the Easter baskets, Travis? <laughs> peeps, throwing the marshmallows in there. Are you? What's a, big, a good candy? Are you a? Tell the people what a good candy is. What a good candy is. Tell me, good candy. <sighs> What's my favorite candy? Right now, my favorite candy is um, Bueno Bars. I think they're fucking fantastic. Um, I also, big Kit Kat guy. Man. I'm a big wafer guy, it sounds like. Not a big, uh, like, hard candy or sugary, like, just, like, processed sugar. Like, I like chocolate. Although I do like, uh, what are those little square things? They're, like, kind of, like, Starburst, but better. High Chews. That's it. High Chews. Those are good. Those are good. Yeah. Can't go wrong with those. It's better than Starburst. No, they aren't. They're much better. No, they aren't. You don't have to throw at least three out every pack. Which Starburst flavor are you throwing out? Yellow. Come on. What? I mean, I'm still eating it, but it's <laughs> he ain't throwing that <laughs> shit away. What's your favorite candy? Um, gosh, it's like it's like asking me what my favorite movie is. I, What's your favorite movie? I don't know. I don't know what it is. I love a lot of candy. Do you want to give it a top five? Top five. Top Travis five. Carlos top five. I fucking love Skittles. I love. You love Skittles. I love Skittles. I really? love Skittles. Gobstoppers. Is top five? Gobstoppers. Love, love Gobstoppers. You're putting Gobstoppers in top five. You just put a fucking Bueno bar. 
You could even describe what the fucking Blano bar was. I know I'm not going to lose a tooth eating it. <laughs> I got I got all my shit in <laughs> I don't. Put I, a had, jaw I had breaker? a cavity. I get take one out. Back you here. like jawbreaker. You just like <clears throat> sucking. I say gobstopper. It's completely different. It's the exact same thing. No, it is not. It's You can chew through a gobstopper. I also I fuck with Butterfingers. Ooh. Love a good That's butter a very finger. underrated candy. Also, we'll lose a tooth with that one. You won't lose a tooth <laughs> at the moment of eating it, but it will for sure give you cavities because that <laughs> stuff does not come out of your teeth. It is caked in there. Yeah. That's my movie candy. I go to, I go to the movies and I'm getting popcorn and Butterfingers. Mix the two. My movie candy is Milk Duds. Big Milk Dud guy in the movie theater. Another candy that you can't get out of your teeth. Maybe, maybe do you think dentists own movie theaters? Hot take. If I was a dentist, I would put movie theaters all over my neighborhood. Because, Free candy. <laughs> I mean, think about all the stuff you eat in there. Milk duds, can't get out of your teeth. Butterfinger, can't get out of your teeth. Popcorn, loaded with butter and gets stuck in your teeth. I mean, get stuck in your teeth. if I'm a dentist, I'm for sure opening up movie theaters left and right. And plus, if, like, you get a fountain Coke that's like 42 ounces for like two bucks. All right, well, Moving on. it's clear that I won that mock draft, but please uh, be sure Honestly, to cast guys, your votes on who won the uh, Easter egg mock draft. Whose team's beating who? Keep in mind, he has no eggs. Okay, it's time uh, to get to the conversation with head coach Shane Steichen. He's the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts and former offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. He helped take uh, Jalen Hurts' game to the next level by calling outstanding plays and uh, coaching him up. And now he is going to have a high pick in Indianapolis. I'll be curious to see who he picks. Anyways, this is the conversation. Hope you enjoy. By the way, it's brought to you brought to you by Accelerator Energy Drinks. Yeehee! Got to get that tag in there. This is Island Guava. What you, what you sipping on? Kiwi Lime. Well, I haven't had that one. What's it taste like? <sighs> Kiwi and Lime? Yes. Advertising matches up with the taste. Love when drinks do that. So tasty. All righty. Here's the interview with Shane Second. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, our next guest is a former UNLV quarterback. He coached Justin Herbert into an AP uh, Rookie of the Year award. He then uh, came to Philadelphia and was the offensive coordinator this past season for one of the number one offenses in the NFL, as well as the runner-up MVP in Jalen Hurts and Super Bowl appearance. Can't forget that. Wish it was Super Bowl victory, (laughs) but Super Bowl appearance. We'll take it. And uh, now you know him as the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, Shane Steichen. Hey, thanks for having me, Kels. <laughs> of course, thanks for coming on, Coach. Um, I guess we'll start with with the Eagles' time first when we were together. How did you come to Philadelphia? You, obviously, Nick Sirianni gets hired as head coach, uh, brings you in pretty much. I mean, were you guys there the same day, like first days? Like, I feel Very like you were similar. I think I came the day after him. I think he got a, the job on a Thursday. He showed up on Friday and I showed up on Saturday. But my time with Nick, obviously, I worked with him at the Chargers uh, and then he went to Indianapolis. And then from there, obviously, got the job in Philly. And then that year, our head coach got let go. So there's a little space in there. And then Nick got the job, called me up, said, you want to come to Philly? I said, let's ride. And we went. <laughs> <laughs> so how did I guess 
you knew right away. You didn't even need to look at the roster. No, I think this 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 business is all about relationships. You know, I truly believe that, and I had a great relationship with Nick and what he stood for and the type of coach he is um, and was when I was with him. And then obviously it it shined when I was with him this past two years. When you were hired, you get to Philadelphia. What immediately are you trying to do? You're looking at obviously players that we have, you're, you're coming up with, you're, you're meeting the new guys that you're working with. Like, right. what, what's the first steps, I guess? I think that is is meeting the people in the building, meeting the players and shoot. And you're speaking of that, and I use this story a lot. And the first time I met you was, yeah. it was the COVID year and we were going, I was going up to the trailer and I remember you walking up. You said, hey coach, welcome to Philly. Yeah. And I'm like, hey Kels, how's it going? I was like, hey, let's get together and talk. And uh, I remember we did the little COVID test and you came up to my office and we were in there for about two and a half hours. Yeah. You know, we talked about, you know, family, you know, really got to know you. And then we started talking protections and we were going right all away. over the place. And I said, gosh, dang, this is a great dude. And then I remember after that walking down and you were in the cafeteria and I think you were sitting with one of the janitors or one of the cat. And I said, you know what? I see why this guy's played for so many years. Just a great human being that you are. Yeah. 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 I, mean, I appreciate that, first of all. But um, <laughs> I feel like that's one thing that stands out is, man, you just love talking ball. Even from the moment that we met each other that first day to like random text messages you'll give me throughout the week. It'll be like nine o'clock at night. I'm sitting down <laughs> with uh, my, my baby girl next to me and like, hey, what do you think about this protection or this play that we got in this week? Like, do you just love football that much? Are you just wired where you're just always on and thinking about it? Yeah, I, don't I do. Know. I mean, that's part of it. I think... Uh getting into football, you know, when I was in college and learning from my high school coach. And then when I got into college, I was around some good coaches in college as well. And then when I got into the NFL, just the preparation that it takes to be successful in this league, like the, the guys that I was around, the Phillip Rivers of the world, Antonio Gates, early on in my career as a coach, seeing how they do it. I'm like, gosh, that's how it's done. And then the preparation that went into it and then being fortunate to be around a guy like Phillip Rivers and the way he prepared for games. I'm like, gosh, that's why these guys are successful. Like, like you want to be a successful coach, you got to have that preparation and mindset going into it. So just being around it and seeing all of it all the time, and I'm like, gosh, dang, that's what it is. And just just love the, love the X's and O's and the scheme part of it. You brought up Phillip. Obviously, yeah. you coached Herbert his rookie yeah. year, then go to Jalen. How did you make that transition happen? Because, I mean, you're talking about guys with very different skill sets, right. much different offenses. Yeah, still successful. Yeah, I think the big thing is is really getting to know these guys, like their personalities and how, you know, what makes them tick and how they function on the field. Obviously, you see the physical skill sets when you're watching them come sure. out of college, but then really getting around them, get to know them, know what they like, and then trying to put them in you know positions to be successful. You know, I think mm -hmm. that's the biggest thing is don't be stuck in your way as a coach, right? What do our guys do well and put them in positions to succeed and then on top of that the the quarterbacks that are really successful right they all have something in common right they're obsessed with their craft they are yeah. they work yeah and then everyone's like hey what's the secret to success it's hard work yeah there ain't nothing else but that's that is what it is it's hard work the guys that work hard obviously you have to be talented but putting in their effort having your routine day in and day out that's what made guys successful what was your time like in philadelphia like looking yeah. back, like what did you what did you learn? What did you what do you take away from Philadelphia? You know what? Just really, just that was an incredible organization. You know the time they are spent with you and the players and the staff and that city uh, and the passion they have for the game. Yeah. I mean, it was second to none. I remember. I, so I had been a coach. Obviously, that was my I think the, my eleventh year in the NFL when I came there two years ago. Yeah, and it was the first time I've been in Philly because when we were when I was in the AFC West, Philadelphia came out to San Diego. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And then in 2013. 
I went to Cleveland, so we missed Philly. So, like, the first time I ever was in that stadium was as a coach. Yeah. And I remember we went out to the Fan Fest. It was, like, the first thing, and I walked out there, and there might have been, I don't know, forty or 50,000 for Fan Fest. I was like, it's different out here. Yeah, yeah, they're into it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're into it. <laughs> so, um, it, it was awesome. You're hired almost immediately as the offensive coordinator when, she, when uh, Nick gets the job. What, as when you get the head coaching job, how, I, you, you're on the other side of that, right? Yeah. You're trying to build the staff right away. Right. What is what does that process look like? Yeah, I mean, it's a thorough process. You know, obviously, when you're putting a staff together, you want to make sure you get the right people in place. You know, yeah. and not you obviously you want really good coaches, but you also want the best fit. So having a process, going through that, interviewing guys, having a thorough, detailed plan of how you want it to look, how your interview process is going to go, yeah. and then fitting those pieces. So still working through that right now. Got a few spots to fill, but like where it's at. Do you get informed as the OC that the Eagles are potentially trading for like an AJ Brown or like some of these moves that happen. And is that something like where you're like, yeah, we we'll find a way to utilize a guy like that. Yeah. I yeah. think anytime, or like, is this a, <laughs> how do you fit the scheme to make this guy good? Yeah. I think when you, uh, when really good players come available, you, you make that work. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and he's obviously a really good one. And, we made that one, you know, go a little bit. <laughs> and he made it go too. And a credit to you guys. Like, I mean, I always say that. Like, people want to say, like, it's all about you guys. It really is. Like, you guys make that thing go every day. Well, you're very humble because obviously, I mean, it's always a two-way street. Players are important, but the positions we get put in, and we got put in some really good positions. And um, as the offensive coordinator, and really as the play caller, you're you have to be a great communicator, right? Like, you have to be knowledgeable of everything that's going in the game plan, because. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's kind of putting in their little piece, right? And like right. the players are being t- coached it by another person in their meetings. Yeah, I think that you were really, really good, obviously calling the plays, but like it, I just talked about, you would talk to me and I'm assuming you did that with other guys and you made sure that everything was on the same page and you, everything was communicated. I guess, what does that process look like throughout the week, the game plan? Yeah, so obviously the game plan is really put into place Monday night and then Tuesday and then obviously you guys come in on Wednesday and that's where the you know we install the offense and go through it. And, it, and I think the, the great thing about it is it, it, that it's about everybody. You yeah. know what I mean? It's not just about one coach or one player. It's about everyone doing it together and building this thing. The work that goes into it week in and week out to get it ready um, is, is is a huge task for all of us, as we know, building mm-hmm. up to that one game. Um, but, you know, those Wednesdays, those Thursdays, those Fridays, those Saturdays, just the conversations, you know, with you, obviously, shooting texts out at night. Obviously, as the offense coordinator, you're not coaching a position. You know right. what I mean? It's been three and a half, four years since I've had your own room. And obviously, when you have your own room, you know, you create that really tight-knit bond with your position group. Um, so, as the offense coordinator, you got to be intentional about creating those relationships with players uh, and going everywhere, but also the communication part of it is huge of like, hey, here's what we're thinking on this. Mm -hmm. The communication on the sidelines throughout the game, the communication with Jalen throughout the week. Hey, let's get together and talk about these plays here. Hey, we hit this play. We're going to go back on the ball and run this. So you know it's coming. So the communication is like clockwork. So there's no second guessing. Like, what? Well, that play just came in. What where did that come from? It's (laughs) like, no. Like, we knew it was coming and everyone's on the same page. So I think that's the the beauty of it. Do you have like a like a welcome to the NFL moment when we first got into coaching. If we can take it back, like. Oh my gosh, I got a great one. You guys will love this. Um, <laughs> so I was a defensive assistant, okay? And mm-hmm. it really, I guess it welcome to the NFL moment, I get. I was a defensive assistant. Yeah. You know, just kind of quality control, doing my work. And then so out, out of practice, it was training camp and I was playing, you know, quarterback. I was like the dummy quarterback to like for, for the pass rush. There wasn't a pop-up, I was it. And uh, I forgot the guy's name, but we had this huge defensive lineman. I mean, he was massive. Yeah. 
yeah. six seven, three sixty five. <laughs> One of the biggest human beings I've ever seen. Yeah, and. He was an offensive lineman, switched to defensive lineman. Okay. And, uh, you know, and he rushes the passer, and all of a sudden I'm back there and I'm standing there, and I think the pass rush is over. Yeah. Right. And he turns the plant to run back and steps on my toe. And oh! Then- <laughs> Not good. Not like, good. And I'm, you know, I'm using some bad words back there. And yeah, I mean, yeah. it was a, it was just a, like a funny moment. We were in the staff room and guys were dying. And I actually still have it to this day. On stage, all my so that was fun. Did you break it or was it? it was no, just, I didn't. It was, it was a hard spring. Hard spring. <laughs> hard spring. Hard spring. Yeah. What was it like calling plays in Philadelphia? Like, how is it different from other, from, the Chargers, how, like, I don't know. Yeah. I think the biggest thing is, and I, guys have heard you say this before, but like, we had we had good players and uh you know obviously how we did a hell of a job putting that roster together Mm -hmm. and when you got good players uh those things go pretty well and uh that that part was fun but how does calling play i don't know i've I've heard like i feel like kyle murley well like i remember there was a story that came out maybe last year where cliff said that he like gave kyler murray like play calling for like the second half just to like show him hey this ain't yeah as easy as maybe it, it, it looks like um what goes into all of these dis- like I, I see the the, the call yeah, sheets yeah. and stuff like that yeah. and it's hard even just looking at like i don't know what i'm looking at right now like yeah. i'm trying to find, okay where are the runs at on this thing I'm, I don't, <laughs> there's a lot on that thing so what obviously you go in with a certain amount of plays you want to get to early right but then there's like a rhythm to it like yeah i think you know you got you as a play caller and i learned this from norv turner um who's one of my biggest mentors is you know, he had an unbelievable feel for calling the game, yeah. you know, and just like knowing when to take your shots, knowing when to be aggressive. Hey, shoot, we got this. Hey, we can run it here, burn some clock, just feeling the flow of the game. You sure. know what I mean? Because like you got your call sheet and you got your first and 10 calls, you got your paying 10, your second and one to two, your, you know, second and seven plus, whatever it may be. Yeah. But like just knowing within the flow, it's like, oh, cool. Yeah, that is my second and seven plus call here, but I'm not feeling that right now. Yeah. Like I think they're going to play this because this like might, this. and I like this and I'm calling it right now. We're going to try and get it. Yeah. So I think just having a feel for the game as much as you can. Does it go perfect every time? No, we know that. And nothing's perfect, but just trying to have a feel and a flow for the game. You said North Turner. Who who are the guys that you think of that have been like the most influential as you are now? I mean, obviously he's he's number one uh, in my book. You know, obviously he gave me a chance in 2011 to get in the league um, and then just being around him. um, Just phenomenal football mind. uh, Just the way the passing game, he created the vertical passing game and taking those big shots and creating those explosive plays. And I always thought that like, and once you see those big explosive plays start to happen, you're like, that's how you score points. you got to create those explosives. Like, how do we create those and how do you scheme up guys to go down the field? Now, when you got the one-on-one matchups like we did this past season, like it was nice with Smitty and AJ and Dallas and Quez and Zach, like all those guys, the vertical threats, uh, which was awesome. What uh, what have you taken from Nick? You know what? I said this when I first got hired, just the accountability part of it. You know, I thought he did a really, really good job Man, of holding guys accountable. Yeah. Are you going to are you going to take like some of the things we did, like team meeting wise with you over to Indy? And like, did Norv do that? Because Nick is one of the few coaches that I've been with where we actually go through like plays in a team meeting. Like, I don't know why we didn't do that before. It just it makes so much sense now. Yeah. I feel like because you it's not about calling guys out. It's just like 
it's like it's an opportunity to educate everybody exactly all at the same right. time. All, right? all it is is trying to get better. Right. You know what I mean? And yeah. if guys know we're on the same page, it's is the accountability part is like, hey, shoot, when you do it wrong, like everyone needs to know it needs to be this way. And when you do it right, you get praised for it. And I think that's the same thing as a coach. Like I mess up, I'm gonna call myself out. Right. You know what I mean? I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna do that and the same thing with everybody else. But we just holding people to a high standard. I think that's where teams really start to take off because when coaches hold each other accountable and players and the players start holding each other accountable, shoot, yeah. like even you, I remember the one time in a walkthrough, you're like, hey, we need that again. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I was watching the tight end. You're like, we didn't block that right. Yeah. I'm like, get it again. Yeah. Like that's where that's when it becomes special. Yeah, absolutely. How has it been immediately transitioning to being a head coach in a new organization? Like, I don't know, what have your last two weeks looked like? Shoot, a lot of it is putting the staff together. You know what I mean? Sure. Obviously meeting people around the building, uh, with the organization, meeting different people flying guys in for interviews, flying guys out, zooming interviews. I mean, it's been a lot of that. And then obviously, you know, getting to know the players too, you know, reaching out to the players, finding that block to call each player, um, reach out to most of them. Um, yeah. Some of those guys are in the building, but really that's the process right now. And then once you finish that phase, then it's onto the, you know, the draft and getting ready for that. And then getting the football part of it done. Once the staff's hired, now you got to put it in the offense. Mm -hmm. We'll shoot who the players that we got to, you know, surround that offense where, yeah, you got your terminology and your scheme, but like at the end of the day, that's going to morph into, you know, who's playing for you and what we're trying to get done. Yeah. As is there anything that is drastically different from like a head coaching perspective as opposed to a court? Cause obviously like, coordinator you're in charge of the offense and you're putting all of that together like is it just on a bigger scale now yeah i think I, yeah i think so like obviously you got 26 guys on offense that you're kind of in charge of and leading that pack but then now i'm looking at it as hey this is a chance to lead another 26 plus men right you know what i mean obviously it comes it's a tall task you know what mm -hmm. i mean you got to be ready to go but every day you got to be intentional of what you're trying to get done so guys are on the same page like i never want to go into a meeting unprepared yeah. like no freaking way because yeah. if we're unprepared how do we expect you guys to be prepared sure you know so i think we got to be all over that uh, with our P's and Q's uh, when it comes to that. What are the things being a head coach where you're like, all right, now my job is now this, this, and this, and I have to get that done? Yeah, I think the situational part of it is huge. Obviously, we'll, you know, we went, we like even in Philly, we go through that every week. You know what I mean? I, I mean, you watch that. Shoot, you remember those situational Saturdays? You're like, you saw I me mean, and you sat next to each other and you'd be like, hey, I'm like, don't talk to me right yeah, now. I, I got to be locked in. <laughs> Nick is going to ask me a question at any second yeah. and I'm going to have to have the play ready to go. Yeah. And, uh, and he would do that to players too. And I, again, yeah. I, I really do think that that situational ball ends up making a difference. Like that's the head coach job though for the most part. I mean, yeah. you're thinking about it as the offensive coordinator. Yeah, play absolutely. Play caller especially too. Yeah, exactly. And I think again, it, it's everybody, right? You got everyone's got to be on the same page. It's not just one guy. Like you, you better need help. That's why this game's so fun, right? It's a yeah. team sport, right? Coaches, players, trainers, front office, like everyone being on the same page. And I think the more help you have around you, you know what I mean. I think that's where it really grows, and you trust, you know, trust people that are around you. How about that fishing trip we went on, dude? So yeah, we went fly fishing up in the Poconos. Jeff Stoutland, who else is on that trip? But some other, some other Malata. players. Yeah. Um, which, by the way, finding waders to fit Jordan Malata, not the easiest. Thing. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> he went, he went somewhere and got something nice though. But they were, they were tight on him. Yeah, and uh, man, that was a blast. What have you been? Have you been fishing since then? Now I need to get back. I need to get back. Bad. That was awesome. Cause you, could, I can tell you like enjoy fishing. Oh, I love it. What, but as a coach, you just I, yeah, I don't really don't yeah. have the time. Summers. Right? You know, yeah. when we get some time off in the summers, I'll try to hit a stream up. Yeah. But 
shoot, I remember when we were down there, you were down on that side of the creek down there, and I'm like, hey, Kels, what's up? And you're yeah. fly fishing. And I was like, I had my little spinner rod. It was a straight fly fishing thing. I'm like, they probably haven't seen a lure in this thing He's in about forever. Results. About results. He's going to find an edge. <laughs> and then it got tangled up, though. And then I'm like, well, this is done. There was all that, like, what was that, Japanese knotweed or something yeah. like that? It was not. It was a great setup, though. It was. It was. It was beautiful back there. It was awesome. Poconos are kind of like a little hidden gem up there. That and the. Was it the Catskills, that whole like little mountain area? I don't know. But yeah. I guess we're getting into stories. Do you want to tell yeah, everybody uh, your Price is Right story? Yeah, sure. Um, so back when I was in high school, I was graduating high school, about 10 of my buddies, my buddy said, hey, let's go down to the Price is Right. So we lived up in Northern California. We're like, hey, let's just caravan down there. you know? So we go down and we get the T-shirts made. And Rod Roddy was the host. You know, Come on down. You're the next contestant on the Price. So we got the Rod Roddy T-shirts lined up. Everyone had them on. So we go in there. And it's like one of those deals where you walk in, you line up, you get there early in the morning outside the studio. And they let a certain amount of people. And so as you're going through the line, you know, they grab about five at a time. And they basically say, hey, tell me your story. You got 30 seconds. So, so does everybody go? going into the prices right get that interaction you get that interaction so there's like a you know like a judges right there. there's about four judges and they hey said just tell me your story so i, I i'm not gonna lie i don't remember what i said and i was kind of going a little bit but you knew like this is a big deal of getting selected yeah someone's like hey you get, whatever yeah you got a chance to get selected whatever they're gonna get to know you whatever so i'm just going i'm like hey i'm going to unlv for college i don't know i was just you know just rambling yeah so we left my buddy's like man you were going pretty good i don't know if you're making i'm like i don't know if i'm gonna make it on there either <laughs> so we get in that studio and they, you know, the, you know, before Bob Barker comes out there, someone comes out there, he's like, hey, it's a little different when you get on this show. Like, you know, you watch at home and you're sitting there and you're looking at the scores and the numbers, you know, and all that stuff. And, <laughs> and you know, so you can see it. So you're like, oh, yeah, they bid 400. All right, cool. I'm bid 425. But when you get up there, you can't see the numbers. Like, it'll be different now. Like, oh, okay. So I'm sitting <laughs> down there and they start the show and. And we're all sitting in the back. There's 10 of us. And they, you know, first contestant, come on down. And then, you know, I was the second contestant. They said, hey, Shane Steichen. Steichen. Ste they hit me with the Steichen. Come on down. And I was like, heck yeah. I'm go <laughs> Close I'm, enough, man. Oh, I'm coming down. <laughs> oh, I'm running down there. I'm all fired up. And so I get on contestants row and I'm sitting up there and they do the first, you know, hey, you let's go through the bid. And I didn't get up on the first one. And then they go to the second one. I was the third person in line on this thing because they were just, you know, whatever. And then they go to the next one, third. So I'm like, okay, cool. There's a couple more. So, but I'm like, I'm going to be the last one to bid because already three people went up. There's four people on contestants row, if I'm remember right. Yeah. And uh, so he's going down the list. And, he's and like, that's hey, a good position to be in. Good last list. to bid last, is good. Yeah, last to bid. So he's going down the list and people are yelling behind, yay, 400, no, 600, 1 million. I'm like, 1 million? It's a, it's a tennis ball machine. Right, you know? So, you know, we're going through it, whatever. And uh, he's like, hey, Shane, it's your bid. And I'm looking back and I'm like, not my bid. It's, it's his bid. You know, it's, it's his turn. And the guy was like, yeah, it's my turn. He's like, he's like, it's your bid. I'm like, I'm like, no, I'm, I'm fourth. He, he, so he, so you were supposed to be last and he called on you third. Yeah. Cause I was just in that order, you know, cause we don't switch spots. Gotcha. We don't switch spots. So he, you know, he calls me down and I'm like, am I like, all right, cool. I'm like, hold on. Wait, what did they bid? Cause you know, I'm like, I'm like, I wasn't even thinking. All off. Yeah. And so he's like, all right, he bid 400. This guy bid 425. What's your bid? And I'm like, shoot, I'm, you know, 18 years old kid. I'm like, I, I, 426. Yeah. And the guy next to me is like, <laughs> 
427. <laughs> like retail price 450, yeah. and then that guy goes up there and wins. But I never made it onto the contestants on the on the uh, stage. I was just on the contestants row. But I got some luggage, and I got a baker's rack for being a contestant on the show. It was a, it was it was a fun experience. Do you still have the luggage? My mom does. Are you kidding me? It's a red Beverly Hills luggage bag, and it's ripped, but she still uses it. You got to keep that. 20 years. 20 years. 20 years plus. How about that? Beverly Hills. How about that? Or is it just Beverly? Maybe. I don't know. (laughs) Don't quote me on that. (laughs) Uh, We're at the Combine. Yeah. You guys are doing formal interviews with players right now. Does the position dictate what you're going to ask obviously football wise it does but like are you looking for specific traits and specific positions like yeah how, how does that all go into it yeah i think you know we have a plan of when you have you know these formal interviews um when you talk to these guys just kind of finding out their football iq right talking through fundamentals with them yeah you know asking them questions what they're thinking on this how do you guys call this whatever it may be i mean each team might do it differently okay. uh, but just get a feel for them in those meetings and and they're not like super long formals no, um they're not no. long they're quick so it's it, it's speed it's fast you know getting it getting there but then the other thing is too and i the, what i enjoy about the combine is really getting to go see these guys in person like see their their movement skills on the field you know what i mean as yeah. many times as you can see these guys in person it helps the evaluation process in my opinion Interesting. So seeing them here boom going to their pro days whatever it may be as many times as you can see these guys uh in person to get a feel for them because obviously you know it's it's a big deal to get drafted and you want to make sure you get it right what are you looking for on the field i, I don't have to give in a specific position yeah. i know this is super generic but yeah. like are you i don't are you looking at demeanor are you looking at physical attributes like i think all it's all the little, above I, I think it's all the above okay. and just really like their movement skills depending on position you know what i mean yeah. like fundamentals like what's the quarterback arm motion look like gosh i saw it on film but oh it looks a little different in person yeah you know what i mean or what's their footwork like how you, fast is this how's the receiver coming out of a break but how's like, the lineman moving yeah. how's he pulling oh that looks like kelsey right there <laughs> sign him up you said arm movement with quarterback but you, like like philip rivers like known for having like yeah one of the most uh, like what's that not not natural throwing motions, right? Unorthodox. There we go. There you go. Um, like, what is the number one trait in a quarterback that you want to see? Well, I mean, uh, besides like relentless, like yeah, uh, all yeah. those different things. I mean, accuracy is huge to me. Yeah. Like you know, at the end of the day, I think you got to be able to throw it accurately, right on time, anticipate with rhythm, right, and 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 that comes from repetition too. You know what I mean? But you can see it on tape. Like I think that the guys that have a great feel for the game, yeah. right? You coach boom, 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 boom. But the guys that have a natural feel, they're like, oh my gosh, boom, boom, I threw it there. Like shoot, Jalen had one in practice a couple of weeks ago or whatever it was, you know what I mean? And yeah. you know, Nevante was kind of cheating inside and his read was starting over there and he caught it, pop, and just threw it to the just slot. Hit, yeah. And he was like, Well, no, you know, he was open. I'm like, yeah. heck yeah. Like There's that was space, the and I knew he, yeah. like heck yeah. Like like that stuff to me is like when that starts going, it's like, oh yeah. He's got a good There's, feel. there's something special there. Was was this the easiest uh, game plan year short yardage you've ever been a part of? Yeah, it got to the point there, whatever it was. I, what, I Not mean, a lot of yeah, stuff in store. It, it might have been week eight or nine, and we're like, what are you writing quarterback sneak? You want to do it different this week? Yeah, we can. Or put this guy here, this yeah, guy there. Yeah, put that gear here, cool. And then we roll, and then boom. And you have the one audible off of it in case everybody's down in there. Yeah, no question. Obviously, you can create some big plays off that. Yeah. You know, it was fun. The, we talked about this with Nick, but the Fletcher Cox. Why didn't the Fletcher Cox one ever get called? You, think? you know what? It should have. I'll take full responsibility for that, Fletch. Um, I don't know, man. The first time we ran it, he like hoisted Jalen up in the air and walked through before he even had the ball. 
They yeah. say, whoa, whoa, wait till the ball's in his hands first. That's right. That's right. You said something, so that's why they called. I said, Kelsey doesn't like it. We're, I'm not calling it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That is one good thing, though. Like, that's a good play-calling tip. Like, if the player doesn't like it, we probably shouldn't be doing it, huh? There, there's no doubt about it. They got to be comfortable with it. It ain't about what what I like, what the coaches like. If quarterback don't like it or you don't like it, don't call it. Yeah. Because then if it doesn't work, it's like, I told you. Yeah, right? <laughs> that's good. You don't want that. Right. Have you talked to the O-line in Indy? Yeah, I've talked, reached out to most of those guys. Um, Ryan Kelly. Ryan Kelly, Quentin, yeah. all those. I mean, just guys that are, you know, really good football players, tough, physical, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, really excited to work with those guys. In, in some ways, I really feel, because I know those guys are good players. Yeah. And like when you came in uh, we, off of our 4-11 season, yeah, we had given up 50-some sacks, I think, the year before. Mm with Carson at quarterback, right? And I feel like when things are going bad, like, I mean, you're getting, defenses are getting a lot of opportunities to rush the pass. Like, you can get put into some hard positions as an offensive line. And I don't know, man, I I, get, I think those guys are really, really good. And I'm like looking forward to seeing what you guys do over there. I got a lot of respect for a lot of those guys. Like, what do you think, like looking at like, I don't know, they had all, that offensive line, like with, with Quentin and, and, and Ryan. Yeah. And I, I know tackle-wise they've had some pieces coming in. And I think just the physical mentality you need up front. Like what you guys, what we did in Philly with you guys, yeah. I mean, it was there was, a, there was a presence about you guys that when you guys stepped on the field, it was like, hey, here we freaking go. Like you ain't yeah. stopping us. And I think we have that here with those, you know, the, those two guys and the rest of those guys, just that mentality of like, hey, we're coming after you and we're not going to stop and it's going to be relentless. Like when we show up, run or pass, like we're yeah. putting hands on and here we come <laughs> and uh, that's the mindset and the mentality of an offensive line and you've been living it you're living proof of it but just to have those guys and have that mindset like here we come every single day yeah do you have anything you want to touch on from i know you're not gonna hit it. you're gonna you're gonna keep playing or man great question um i think i want to it's fun the super bowl I, I watched i've watched about 38 plays of it i haven't watched it I watched it right before my press conference. I was like, I'm turning this thing on. I watched about 38 plays and then I stopped. Yeah. I haven't watched all. There's a couple plays. It, it was, I don't know, man. We put up a lot of points. Yeah. Credit to, um, yeah. It's the way it works sometimes, yeah. you know. Uh, still really, really proud of the, the guys. I mean, played hard, you know, did a lot of good things, just wasn't quite enough. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those games where I feel like whoever had the ball last was gonna. That's right. Yeah, it was. We talked about situational ball. We're talking about like that. Yeah, you know, Jet McKinnon to go down and not score on that one. Like, yeah, smart by that's them. big. That's um, smart by them for sure. Really smart. Pat Mahomes is good. Yeah, it's back and forth. So it was a back and forth battle. Did Did you look at Pat coming out? Oh yeah, I went and worked him out at Texas Tech. Did you like him? Loved him. How do you find the next? I mean, that's such a hard. I mean, yeah, they don't come by very often. <laughs> yeah. How do you find it? Oh, if everyone knew how to do that. They'd be like, come on, come on, sign them up. <laughs> Whatever we need to do to get him. And Jalen played unbelievable. Like Jalen, that might have been one of his best games of the season. Yeah, I'm so excited. He was lights out. I'm so 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 excited for him and his future and what he's going to bring to this league. Yeah, it's going to be special. I know he's going to have a long career. Uh, just the way he is with you guys in the locker room, the person he is, uh, the way he prepared, like that's what you want. That's what you want. When you got guys like that, you're going to have success. And I know he's going to do some really good things in Philly for the next probably decade plus there. Yeah. Well, certainly look forward to watching it. What about pregame routine? Did you have, have you had one the past? So 
My pregame routine has changed since I've been in the league. Okay. When I was first, when I was young, I used to go out early with the O-line coach. Yeah. I did some band stuff and everything. And as I've gotten older, I feel like um, I don't want to do as much before. Like, I'm like, listen, I'm just going to go out there, do the season cues, use that in between time to kind of warm up right there. But I, I don't, I'm going to do some more stuff in the locker room, just kind of like soft tissue things and then go out on the field and get warmed up. My pregame routine, I'm not like too strict with it because then I feel like if you don't do one thing, they, it's like in your head. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh fuck, I forgot to do this. <laughs> right. Like that's why I'm screwing up this up. And it's like, no, okay, let's not yeah. take all. So, but I do think it's important to have like somewhat of a routine, like like have like a little bit of a schedule. One of the things, honestly, that like, and I probably shouldn't say this, but one of the things that like gives me a schedule is like everything I take before the game. Like I'm like, okay, an hour before I go out for warmups, I'm gonna take a beet juice. 45 minutes before that, <laughs> I'm taking my anti-inflammatory. 30 minutes before that, I'm taking a pre-workout drink. 15 minutes before that, we started doing this this past year. Me and Lane Johnson take Alka-Seltzer. I don't know what that does. We kind of, Lane was like, I'm doing it. I'm like, I'll do it with you. My boys are doing it. We're doing it. Let's go. <laughs> and, then, um, and then I go out on the field. And like that ends up being like my, I end up being like, okay, once I take the beet reduce, I'm going to start warming up my my body on the ground. Like I'm gonna do a band thing. I'm gonna start getting my hips loose. After I take 45 minutes, I take the anti-inflammatory. I'm going to put my pants on. I'm going to get ready to go for that. After I take my 30 minute deal, I'm put my shoulder pads on, cleats on, getting taped, 15 minutes in, taking my Alka-Seltzer, doing like a more thorough warm up, and then I'm hitting the field. And then when I come back in, I usually go over like the first plays yeah. that we're trying to get to. Right. And I'm trying to rep like, okay, these are all first and second down plays for the most part. I'm thinking, okay, these are the different looks that we've repped during the week. This is what we could get. This is the call versus this. This is what we're going for that. And I'm trying to make sure that I'm like really prepared for anything that happens. Um, it's been a great routine. Yeah, it's worked. <laughs> it definitely has. Yeah, that's pretty much it. That's That's kind of the gist of it. And then I always, whenever I go on the field for some reason, I usually even still know it, but I always go up to Stout and be like, all right, let me see the, the call sheet. And then I look at it again. I, I've seen you do that before. Yeah, yeah. I might have yeah. asked you a couple yeah, times. Yeah, a few times, yeah. <laughs> what are you starting with? I'm like, here this, but hey, if we hit this, I'm gonna call this. I know it's not right here, but That's be ready actually for that. been really nice because then I know even more outside of the call sheet. Oh yeah, yeah okay, there we go. We're ready to go yeah. up there. Yeah. I used to listen to like Christmas music before the game. What's your favorite Christmas song? My favorite Christmas song is Nat King Cole. Christmas song. I think if I'm going like more creative, there's this like uh, fairy tale in New York, I think is what it's called. But it's like a British kind of Christmas song. I don't know why I like it. I just really like it. Um, but I have since not listened to Christmas music as much. I don't know why I did that for like a couple years and I felt like it was just fun. And then I stopped doing that. And then I made a Christmas album. And then I started did. listening to that. Phenomenal. What did, you, what did you think when you saw that three offensive linemen made a Christmas album? I thought it was – I was like, I cannot wait for this thing to come out. <laughs> and then when Jordan Mulatis hits those pipes, it's a whole – it's He's a game a, changer. Yeah. You were strong too, though. I, you I and appreciate Lane were strong. you giving, like, giving me credit, but let's be honest. Jordan was – yeah. It's it's fair. He needs, <laughs> he, he, needs to re, he needs to record his own album for sure. Yeah, he's, he's only playing left tackle to launch his singing career. He's a good left tackle and he's keep playing. <laughs> you can do both. You can do both. He can do both. Off season. Off season. Off season. If I can do a podcast, he can release some 
albums while he's playing football. True. Do you have a pre pregame routine? Uh, yeah. So in the mornings, depending on the game, like I would, I would hit like a Peloton workout, and then from there, I go into my office at the house, and then that's where I really start making going through that call sheet and really marking it up. You know, yeah. like I, you know, throughout the week, I'm, I'm processing it, but that morning of, so it's fresh on my brain. I'm starting to mark that thing up, like yes, 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 yes. Um, here's a good shot for this. Yeah. Um, here's this, and so I'll go through that process uh, at my house, and that'll take you know anywhere from a half hour to an hour in the morning, and then I get to the stadium, and then myself and a couple other coaches will go in with Nick, talk through the situations. Hey, we're here. Boom, we're good here. If we get this, bang, just all those a little different situation that could come up now the work's yeah. been done throughout the week but again it's just, it's just that it's just reminders like bang 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 what are we thinking here on short yardage good bang if we hit this we're going to call this here boom 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 we're just so it's always clicking so there's no second guessing yeah. you know what i mean so everyone's on the same page and i think that is part of a huge part of the you know su successful teams is everyone being on the same page so there's no surprises like where the heck did that come from right you know what i mean yeah it's like boom yeah we knew that that was it we we just went over this we just went over yeah. it. And then if anything does come up in those meetings, it's like, hey, hit the players with this. That's why sometimes I come around to you guys like, hey, be ready for this in this situation. Like, boom, if we hit this, I'm going to call this. Right. You know, and just so everyone's on the same page. And I, I feel like whenever at least we do like the little remind, like the little recap after we've installed everything and we know what's in, one or two things also comes up during that conversation, right? Like, I feel like it never really stops. No. Even in the game, obviously, Even in the you're, game. you're at a whole other level. You're making in-game adjustments or yeah. whatnot. I um, think that's big, the in-game adjustments. Obviously, having a veteran like you, you know, style line coach and all the help from every other coach that's on our staff, just those quick in-game adjustments, you know, yeah. They're huge. You're huge. Like, where, how are they playing the front? What's the technique? And you're like, hey, gosh, dang, this guy's doing this. Like, hey, we can hit this. I remember one game, you came over to me, and I'm not going to say the play name on here. You're like, hey, just call this. And I'm like, done. <laughs> but that is like, that was one of the questions on one of the episodes that we've done before was like, uh, are in game adjustments real? Are, are halftime adjustments real? And I feel like halftime adjustments do happen, but like, yeah. It, you don't have time to wait till halftime. Like we're making you adjustments you do it right drive after there. drive. There's no question. Yeah. I, I think really the halftime thing is, hey, here's what we're thinking yeah. coming out to start this. Yeah. Hey, they've done this. We've already seen that. We've already made that adjustment. Be ready for something in the third quarter if they pop something new on us. That's one of the most fun things about playing. I love the, the the chess match and trying to figure out what are we doing? What, what what's what's what are they? How are they attacking us? What are they trying to do to defend us? And when you're in that rhythm, it's yeah, it's pretty awesome. There's no question. And you guys made it go, baby. Yeah, well, you too. You guys made it go, Coach. <laughs> can't thank you enough yeah. for coming on. Um, I can't wait to see what you do in Indianapolis. Yeah, I appreciate you. Hey, congratulations. You want to come, Coach? <laughs> Welcome to the New Heights Post Interview Interview, brought to you by Accelerator Active Energy Drink. So Jason, uh, how do you, how do you think that conversation went? Don't blame that interview on Shane. I don't care who he interviewed. A high school coach, a college coach, the head coach for the Indianapolis Colts. We have to keep looking down at your iPad and you you, you don't have follow-ups. That was a disgraceful performance. I don't I don't know who I think I am when I do something like this. What do you think about your partnership with Ashok? Ashok? Accelerator. We're talking about Ashok. This Delicious, active energy drink with natural caffeine, zero sugars, beautiful cans. I'm out here trying to win an interview and you're asking me questions about A-Shock. 
You can find Accelerator at Target, Albertson, Safeway, Quick Trip, and Hy-Vee. So that's a conversation with Shane Steigen. <laughs> How about that? How about that, Eagles fans? That was your OC. It was. And uh, Travis, do you think you could pick Don't Shane Steichen out of? Okay, can I will skip it again. On? Can sorry. we just move on? Sorry, from I'm just thinking me of the not script. knowing anybody. Can we just move on? I'm. I know an you asshole. know Shane Steichen. I get it. I know you know Shane Steichen. All right. Oh, he's the best. So, uh, anyways. <laughs> anyway, Shane Steichen talked about uh, going on the prices right. Uh, it was a big uh, accomplishment of his. That's pretty cool. I've always wanted to go on. I mean, I would want to do any game show, to be honest with you. Really? Any. Any game show. I mean, there are game shows that I'd be good at, and there are game shows that I'd be bad we were, at. We've always been big game show guys. We love watching them. Um, game what is, show yeah, network. What's, what, what game shows do you think you'd be good at, or which ones would you want to go on? Um, I've always wanted to do Family Feud. Uh, obviously, Price is Right. Family Feud. That'd be family a good Feud one for the whole fun. family. Yeah. I think we'd, I think we'd, we'd hold our own. Yeah, as long as sure. Raphael was there. Raphael's <laughs> yeah. What else? What other game shows? Um, I think Family Dad Feud. Dad was a big Jeopardy guy. Yeah, but he wasn't good. I think you have a What? Dad was not good at Jeopardy. He was so good. He would. He was not good. What? You just see him just wings and blue cheese and just, what is Albert Einstein? <laughs> My favorite game show to go on. And I would dominate because I'm a full-grown man. Is uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple classic? A classic game that was probably our favorite one growing up. That and Guts. Guts was awesome. I loved Global Guts more because I always liked to put a competition between uh, continents and countries. Countries, countries. Yeah, I'm a big um, international games person. Cause yeah. I, there is nothing. Listen, I love when uh, Philadelphia sports win, but there's nothing more that gets me jazzed up than the USA kicking the shit out of some Swedish kids. <laughs> hey, chill out. <laughs> oh, it's electric. I don't even know if there was ever. It's Swedish electric, kids and we love it. To be honest with you, they I don't know why I went straight to Sweden. Because you know we have the upper hand. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. What countries <laughs> would we struggle with in global guns? Think of the games that are in Global um, Cuts and the activities that would require you to get to the top of the Agro Crag. What countries would be tough for the USA to compete in? I don't even know how to gauge this. I mean, um, what are the best countries? Uh, Canada. What Canada. are the best countries athletically in general? Canada. No. What? <laughs> Is there, I don't remember there being an ice event at Global Guts <laughs> where they were skating. Yeah. Yeah. Who? I don't know. I don't think Canadians would be good at Global Guts. I'm not going to lie. So, yeah, my favorite games were uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple and uh, Guts. We, yeah. We just talked no, about this. No, those, I mean, those were, those were our two favorites growing up. I couldn't yeah, get well, enough of them. And I don't know why. I don't know if this is everybody in America, but I always thought that I was way better than the kids that were actually on there. Well, that's because you were. Those kids were. <laughs> I mean, you just never got the opportunity. Those kids were some producer's son that wanted to go on and he. Stop. <laughs> These kids were handpicked. These they, they was, were not the best of the best. Yeah. The kids on that game show were not based on merit. They would do the little video intro. I, you know, I'm not buying it. There's much better that the USA has to offer for the Global Guts community. From watching it and watching the kids that did get to compete, I was always jealous. And I always wanted a piece of the Are you kidding crack. me? Still, who doesn't? I, I wanted so bad that I've scoured the internet looking for Agro Crag, and it is harder to find than you think. <laughs> no way. There's got to be. I mean, it's out there, but I can't find it. I've looked on eBay and Amazon. Nickelodeon's got to have it. a few in the back, right? They got to have a few in storage. I don't want it from Nickelodeon. Why <laughs> you don't? No. Do you want it from one of the kids that won? I want a legitimate. It's not a real piece of Agro Crag if somebody didn't compete and win for it. It's well, just a prop. Not. It's a piece of plastic, that's, Travis. I, I would assume that's probably. What all trophies are. 
I want, but when it's paid for with blood, sweat, and tears, that's the trophy I want. <laughs> You're firing me up right now. Yeah. Let's do it. All Listen, right. Let's get it. I want some aggro crag. And Anybody that's won one of these things. Yeah. If you have some aggro crag, I'm saying we got some free tickets to our show. If you're an ID percenter, I will gladly hand over a ticket to our show. Aggro crag for tickets? Yeah. All I right. mean, I'll give a lot more than our tickets, to be honest with you, but that's a good starting point. It's up or, to you, uh, 92 percenters. Get the word out. Let's get yeah. some aggro crag or, or in the a background pendant, here. Or a pendant from- Is it uh, crag or crag? Crag. A agro crag. Is that a real word? Or is it just made up? Crag. I think crag is a, another word for like a uh, a mountainous uh, uh, formation. A steep or rugged cliff. I think I nailed that. Well, let's go to school, kids. My real favorite show, though, was Legends of the Hidden Temple. That was your favorite one? Yeah, of course. That was what was your favorite t-shirt? was my favorite team? Yeah. I was a big Green Monkeys guy. Green Monkeys. Guy. I liked Green Monkeys. Red Jaguars was okay. Blue Barracudas was... Blue Barracudas. So that terrible. was mine. That was an awful one. I love that one. They would always do good in the first event because it was swimming based. Um, I thought it was... Uh, who's Purple? Purple Parrots? Purple Parrots. Yeah. Silver Snakes. Silver Snakes. That one. I don't gamble a lot. The only thing I ever really got big into gambling was Legends of the Hidden Temple. It was really just gambling for bragging rights. This is, but this is like later pick on Pick a in team. Life. This is later on in life. Yeah, back when in my teenage years, the young 20s, there was a television show or television channel called Nick Gas, which would yeah. just play reruns of all these Nickelodeon game shows. And I would just watch Legends of the Hidden Temple with my friends, and we would bet on the kids. At what Not point, Not money, though? though. We would just be like, I think that guy's going to win. And then At if what you won, point? you got to brag about it. Huh? At what point? Um, immediately. All you got to see is the opening of like, here's the, the, the silver snakes. The intro. <laughs> Tony, you can get a lot of information in an intro. These kids are looking all around. There's no chance they're paying attention to Olmec. Zero percent chance. <laughs> oh, the, the last. Yeah. The, the, the second uh, The second uh, portion. Uh-huh. Where you, you got to hear. He's, Olmec's going to tell you a story. If that kid isn't paying attention right from the get-go, there's no chance he's listening to Olmec. Yeah, that's a good point. So. I don't know if I would have been good at listening to that double then. You would have been good because I would have been on your team. Not right now. We would have complimented each other. You and there's no me. chance one of those temple guards is holding me back. You complete me. I don't, need, I don't even need a pendant. If anybody's got a pendant out there from Legends of the Hidden Temple, we'd, also, we'd appreciate that too. All righty. That wraps up another episode of New Heights. Thank you so much to Shane Steichen for sitting down with me. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube to the New Heights channel so you know when new episodes come out. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You know it. Shane, sorry again for not noticing you in it's that photo. He's, he's, I, I really do. I, I got a lot. He probably didn't more. even see it. He didn't see it. And once again, New Heights is presented by Wave Sports and Entertainment and brought to you by our friends at Fireball. Fireball. Those cinnamon shooters, man. Hey, you got to love them, baby. Fireball. Follow us on all social media platforms at New Heights Show with one S for fun clips throughout the week. And thank you to our production and crew. And thank you to the 92 percenters. Mm. You guys are the best. Can't wait to see some aggro crack coming up soon. Dude, if you give me some aggro crack, I'll make you a point ninety two percenter, which is... <laughs> Means you're right. coming to the show. Until next time. Peace. Peace.